When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Saria here, Chief Green Alchemist at Going to Natural. Do you know it takes less than 30 seconds for your skin products to enter your bloodstream? Yeah, so knowing what's in them, super important. We know you want what's best for you and your family. And here at Going to Natural, so do we. We care about the environment, we care about the animals, and most importantly, we care about you. We offer free support for your healthy journey and love providing affordable, all-natural products that are responsibly sourced, cruelty-free, luxurious, and always made with love. We're not just a shop, we're a community, and we'd love to have you. Browse our collection of plant-based skincare products and natural tips and tricks at shop.goingtonatural.com. That's shop.going, the number two, natural.com. A conscious brand for a conscious community. Use code LOVEEARTH for 15% off your first order. Welcome to Cherry's World. Hey, this is Sean Harrison, and I am listening to Cherry's World. At least once a day, every time I leave the house, some funny motherfucker gonna ask me, where's Waldo? So, this is for all you funny motherfuckers. Without further ado, I have Mr. Sean Harrison on the show with us this week. Welcome to Cherry's World, baby. Thank you for being here. Would you like to advertise on Cherry's World and have your product placed on Cherry's social media for the world to see? Email us now at cherriesworldpodcast at gmail.com for low introductory rates. Cherry's World Podcast. Get heard. Welcome to Cherry's World. Courtney, I got a treat for you. Are you ready for this one? All right, what you got? What you got? We just got a caller that I think you are going to be excited about. Uh-oh. It Uh-oh. is okay. Seriously, when we want to talk about my loves of all loves, Uh-oh. I call him my diary. The world knows him as Sean Harrison. For those land brands who don't read the credits, I hate to say this. But he played Waldo, 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 a family matters. Sean. Go ahead, Courtney. I'll let you take the reins. Go, go ahead, baby. So when I first interviewed Jerry for um, other podcast, and um, mm-hmm. the last question I asked her, I said, okay, last episode that I remember you being on, you were dealing with dope mm-hmm. You think that you will? You think that Maxine and Waldo will still be together? So she did tell me that that she thought that y'all would still be together. I didn't think so, but that that was that, that was about the 
only question I had about with family matters and stuff. We're going to go deeper into this because I want to hear your explanation, your reasons for thinking that they wouldn't have uh, uh, stood the test of time. I mean, your girl was messing with dope boys, man. She ain't your girl. <laughs> but that's when he left me. Like, he had moved away. Yes. Uh-huh. I only started dating other people when Waldo wasn't around. Yeah, but Waldo yeah, so was trying to, to better say... himself. <laughs> See, he well, hated on our love. Yeah, I, I don't think you understand how real that was. And so you don't seem to understand that it's one of those things, like if I had come back or had she come to where I was, that I think that it would have rekindled everything and everything else would have fallen by the wayside. So you would have oh. forgave me. Forgave her for what? Dealing with dope boys. She was running past Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll never forget that, man. I'm like, Waldo I, I did, trying to be better himself, and she running packs for dope boys and stuff? Come on, now. I didn't I, know I what believe, I was he really, doing. <laughs> look, this is, everything was about growth. How about that? How about we, you, you can better yourself even if you're going through a problematic experience because that's teaching you right from wrong. And um, no, I think that realistically, when we think about these characters, there was something I think very uh, sweet and precious, uh, hate to use that term, but that's the only thing that comes to mind right now, about Maxine and Waldo. So I think that it's one of those type of romances that would always somehow, some way stand the test of time. So I know that you're being tongue in cheek, but kind of little about the Doughboy thing, but I think that it would be the kind of thing with, between the two of them that it could be played off. Because if you remember, Waldo had this jealous streak. So it would be kind of funny to see him try to get himself in one of those types of situations and have to have his boys Urkel and Eddie come rescue him because he's trying to defend the honor of his woman with these old boys. I think it'd be great. See, thank you. You just, I just want you to know it's been a seven month debate between us. Rather, you and I would still be together. And I told him, of course, true love is true love, man. Can't nothing come between It is. Us. My man's still sticking up for me 20 something years later. You hear that, people? <laughs> Sean. No. Yes. Can we talk just, I mean, briefly, Sean and I have known each other since I think I was like eight years old. He appeared on. No, like, I don't think you were that young. Where did you, how you weren't that young when I was on Punky Brewster. I have no idea. I, I, I never, well, it was, somebody told me the year. I think someone said it was 87. That was 85, but I don't know. 80, you think it was 85? I thought so. Okay, so maybe I was 10. Yeah, I was, okay. I was around 10 years old is when we met. Then we okay. rekindled again uh, mm -hmm. your first day of Family Matters. Can you tell them mm -hmm. what it was like with you and I back together again? <laughs> okay, so here's, well, I don't know if anyone or if everyone knows. Okay, so what Cherry is talking about is that I had a guest appearance on um, Funky Booster way back in the day, and I played this really annoying character named Franco Granoli and I was smitten with Cherry and she could not stand me. And so this episode was so much fun because I come over with some flowers that I picked up from the um, cemetery and I'm there to tell her how much I love her and I, how I don't want her to go to camp. And she throws me out, her and Punky throw me out of the door and I follow her to camp. Now she's going to an all girls camp, but I'm at the boys camp that's across 
the lake or whatever. And so there were rituals that went on between the boys and the girls. And so one of the rituals was you ran through, um, I think, the, the cabin and you like snatched an item from the person that you wanted to meet later on at the Kissing Rock. And so for me, that was Cherry. So I get my item and then later on we meet at the Kissing Rock and I believe I have a mask on because I don't want her to know it's me, but I'm just trying to get this kiss. And then finally she realizes that it's me and so she breaks my heart. So anyway, it was such a great episode, a fun episode. Like we all got along, everybody that week, it was a good time. And we didn't see each other for a couple of years. But when I appeared on, I think it was the Do the Urkel episode. So we both ended up on the Do the Urkel episode together. So when you do a sitcom, it's a five-day schedule. And the very first thing that you do on day one is called a table read. So a table read is when everybody, all of the cast that's there for the week, regulars, guest cast, and then the writer producers, and then you might have a couple of people there from representing the network that the show is on and the studio that's involved with the show. And they all get into a room sometimes, or sometimes it's done on a set. And you just read through the script. And so it gives the writer producers an idea of what the time of the show is going to be, uh, what beats are working, which beats are not working that need a little work, stuff like that. Okay, so you, as an actor, you're supposed to arrive a little bit early. You're not supposed to arrive on time. And so I'm making my way to the stage door. And Cherry just so happened to be coming out of the door. I mean, it wasn't even... Two seconds. She sees me and she throws her arms out really wide. Sean! Oh my God! And she runs over to me and then we hug each other, we embrace, and then we catch up for a couple of minutes before we go into the table read. And fortunately for us, because we weren't, I think, slated to have a relationship at that time as our characters progressed on the show, they found it interesting, I think, to just try to see if there could be something there. And they liked the chemistry that we had. And as you know, that became, I think, sort of um, an essential part of the Family Matters lore, which is uh, Maxine Waldo's uh, relationship. So, Can, can I ask a question about, I want to stay, stick with your first role uh, on Punky Brewster, because uh, yeah. you think that that basically you were the Urkel character before Urkel or Screech on Saved by the Bell. Like, you were you were first. Absolutely. Well, I'm not going to go that far with it. I think that that is a familiar comedic trope on a television show, which is a really nerdy male character, especially during those times, like late 80s into the early 90s, a really nerdy male character. And he puts a lot of energy into, into trying to get her attention. Uh, there are different schemes and things like that are employed. So I can't take credit. Well, I don't think Punky Rooster can take credit for uh, crafting that trope. I think it's just a familiar one. Um, and unfortunately, it's not as if they tried to mine that particular relationship on Punky Booster like it was a one and done. But if you go back and watch the episode, it's quite funny, it's quite hilarious. And then to see us end up on a different show doing something um, just as funny, um, probably a little bit better, I think is also uh, a great part of our story together. It is. It is the fa- it's the foundation of like true love and friendship and how friendship can yeah. definitely stand the test of time you know yeah, especially in this not, business mm-hmm. yeah there's not a day that i haven't walked outside that i don't hear where's waldo <laughs> and there was there was a stint where everybody would be like where's waldo and they think they're being funny and i'm like oh you mean yeah. wolverine <laughs> and look you get that wrong every single time it was timberwolf that i did the voice oh, for man. not wolverine okay. see? <laughs> see look Okay, well, yeah, I did get that wrong, and I was a smart ass. No wonder why people was looking at me crazy, like, which yeah, they're like, 
like, is she talking about you? What is his name? Hugh Jackman? Like, I don't know what this is, where this is coming from. Yeah. Different character people. So don't listen to Cherry. I voiced the character on a CW show and the character's name was Timberwolf. But for whatever the reason, just because, as we know, Wolverine is a very popular character. She always references it as Wolverine. And I always have to say, no, it's Timberwolf. Nice. I don't know why. See, that shows you maybe there is a little bit of a Maxine and Cherry. She's a little airheaded, but sometimes <laughs> I'll own it. You know, people ask me, Sean, all the time about yeah. like, what was it like working on Family Matters? And when okay. I say, I don't know, they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. And I say, well, okay, so I'm a little different. I had a free phone, I had, you know, food. And Sean was next to me, and we partied before the show. I know that. But like, I never watched him. Yeah. Can you explain to them how I just kind of, like, I don't know, separated life from work, maybe? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how I can describe it to people. But w- what I will say, I'll make it a little more general before I see if I can make it specific to you, is what people don't seem to understand when they talk to us or any actor that's a part of, say, a sitcom in particular. But I think that this um, actually makes sense for other productions. But when you're, in, when you're on a sitcom and you see people regularly um, and you know that you're going to be seeing them regularly, and that's pretty much the situation that we found ourselves in, you really do think of it just as a job. And that's not what people who don't act or aren't in the business don't seem to understand. So they're expecting for us to, I think, to share fun stories and anecdotes about how we're doing this and how we're mesmerized by that. And we're like, no, it's a job. So on day (laughs) one, I'm told to show up at this time. When I show up at that time, I'm just thinking, when can I clock out? I'm ready to go home. And then day two, day three, day four, day five, it's the same sort of process for us. Now we do have fun in between there, but a lot of times, and I'll say this is for, for the entire cast of Family Matters. Again, this doesn't apply to other productions. On, for the kids, not the adults on the show, but for the kids, as much as we loved each other, as much as we love to be in each other's presence, our whole, whole, our entire goal, rather, when we got to work was getting clocked out so that we could go home. Like, we all just want to be like, like, when are we leaving? When are we leaving? When are we, because again, it was just something that we did. It was, it was almost like a hobby. It's kind of like, okay, I'm here to do my hobby and then I get to go live my real life. So with right. Sherry, what she's talking about is the reason why she's like, like people I think might be a little confused when she's answering the question because they probably think it's a very straightforward question is, as she said, she had a phone. So Sherry had, we all had, we had dressing rooms. Okay, you had a dressing room or a trailer when you work for the most part. And Sherry would stay in her dressing room and because we were on um, a studio lot. It had a phone where she could call pretty much anywhere. And that's what she did. So if she wasn't calling somebody, somebody was calling her. And then they would come, they come, the AD, they come knock on the door when it's time for you to come to set for you to do rehearsal or if you have to film or anything like that. And so you can just do whatever you want with your free time until that happens. And so that would be Cherry. She would just be locked in her, well, not locked, but she would be in her room. So much so. Now, this is what I can't add. Things would happen, which would be sort of on the gossip tip for you guys, but just commonplace for us, just happening at a workplace. And Cherry would be oblivious to what was going on. And so on a couple of occasions, I would have to come knock on the door and she'd be like, come in. And I'd be, did you hear? And she'd be like, what are you talking about? I was like, ah. And I would look. Okay, so one other thing, when you work on a studio, you have a TV that they have in your room too. 
and that TV is tuned into a frequency that gives you a feed of what's going on in the cameras as we're blocking or taping and stuff like that. And so um, when you have the TV on, if you didn't turn, turn uh, if you didn't dial it to the regular stations, you would then get the in-stage feed. And so things would happen, as I said, where I would think, oh, she's watching the feed, so she knows. And she would be oblivious because she's either in there on the phone or she's got company and they just run in their mouth. And then I'd be like, Sherry, how do you not know this? And so I'd have to break it down to her. She'd be like, oh, my God, what? And then you leave out of the room and Sherry would just go back to like, I don't care. <laughs> well, let me explain. Long distance used to cost. I'm on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. Remember those days? These are my teen years. So, you know, I was trying to date and stuff. And maybe guys who couldn't come up in the in the house and just kick it, they could come up in the dressing room. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're taking me back, man. Wow. So, no, for real. So when she says to you guys, she really went to work just to get access to her free phone, Cherry really means that. That's how she spent her time on set. <laughs> I was on the phone. I was chilling. I was eating for free. I was hanging out. I was trying to plan my outfit, you know what I'm saying, to go to the club later. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, the rest of us were busting our ass, like, let me learn these lines. I want to make sure I don't get no lines cut. I got to remember my blocking. Cherry was so relaxed. Like, she just didn't care. She just showed up. She did what she had to do. We're like, we can't stand you. This was my take. Okay, so I always pretty much knew my lines. I didn't mess up too much unless I was, and I usually was laughing at Sean. But whether I had 30 lines or five, my paycheck was the same at the end of the day. So if you cut a line, Mm -hmm. I don't care. It might mean I get to go home earlier. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But we did have some rituals. Sean, do you want to share our uh, pre-show ritual with them? Yeah. So, okay, we do, when she says pre-show, meaning we had a a, a live uh, taping in front of a studio audience. Um, And so what would happen is on, on this particular day, which was Fridays for us, we would come in, we would do, um, a little pre-blocking of what we had rehearsed the day before. And then we would do a producer network run through with the cameras. Then we would go to lunch um, or dinner. I think they would call that dinner for us. And we'd go for lunch dinner for like an hour, hour and a half. And then we'd have to do what we call like uh, final looks is to get ready for whatever our first scene was in the episode that we were getting ready to take. And so what I would always do is probably around 10, 15 minutes before I knew that they were going to be letting us know that we had to do our final looks, whatever, I would hit play on Doodoo Brown, blast <laughs> the music, and we would turn up for the entirety of that song. I said, don't stop, get it, get it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be our thing. That became our ritual before shows, uh, just to get the energy pumping uh, get you hyped up, just ready to go out there and execute for the show. So, yeah, that was so, one of our very memorable rituals. That'll explain to some of you why sometimes my hair was a bit thick and wilder than... <laughs> oh, she's going to put that on me now. Okay. She's going to sweat her hair out. Okay. I was, I was twerking. No, she was. She day. was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy. Okay, hey, enough, enough about family matters. I had turned on the TV as of recently, and your niece will start yeah. screaming, 
Uncle Sean, Uncle Sean, man, you doing like every commercial really? out. Stop it. I wish I was doing every commercial. What commercial has she seen me on out there? What you talking she, about? Because I ain't I, seen myself on a dang TV. Well, she sees you on the internet too, but she saw you on the Dairy Creamer commercial. Oh, you and, okay. Yeah, okay. And she also saw you on another commercial with some little girl that was sitting on the couch with you and she was mad that it wasn't her. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're talking about that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yes, I've done a few commercials the last couple of years. Uh, that's really where um, most of my stuff in the industry has been for the last couple of years. And some of the stuff has been fun. In particular, the one that you just talked about, which was the Creamer commercial. It's the International Delight. Um, I did an uh, ad for the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup flavor. And that was a fun little situation because it was supposed to be me and a coworker and I was in my cubicle and I was talking to him and he was hidden behind a cubicle and then he peeks his head up midway through um, the ad. And then we did a bunch of different takes where he climbed over the cuticle, cubicle trying to get the creamer from me. So that was a great experience um, doing that particular commercial. That's a, what is your focus nowadays, Sean? What is it that you really, like if you could do anything you wanted to do, what would you be doing? Oh, you know, I feel like people ask that question all of the time. It's such a strange question. Well, I would say I that there's two things. I don't necessarily No, mean, no, you know. I mean in life. You don't mean what? In life, okay. Yeah, I don't um, necessarily mean acting. Hmm, okay. That makes it even more interesting of a question and even more challenging. So I'll, I think I'll, I'll hit the acting thing first. Okay. I, I would say that I have two focuses. Uh, whether I'm living them out or not, people just know that these are my focuses. These is, this is what I aspire to get to at some point. So the very first thing is I really do enjoy doing sitcom work. So I am prayerful that at some point my face will start to pop up here and there again, uh, much like it did earlier in my career. So that's focus number one. And then focus number two is something that I just feel like it would be a disservice to me if I cannot deliver on this particular thing before I get out of this industry. I want to sell a sitcom to some entity and I don't want it to be a one and done, meaning like a pilot and then it's tossed away like I want to sell it. I want it uh, to be developed, produced and get at least a couple of seasons, hopefully more than that um, out there. So those are my major focuses. And then other things that I, I would like to do is um, the older that we get, and this is something that you do, so I've learned a little bit from you, is just being a lot more hands-on behind the scenes. So really taking the bull by the horns and um, embracing producing, writing if necessary, maybe directing. So I, I want to become more involved in content creation is really what I, I'll just leave it at that. So whatever the medium may be. So it may be for the internet, it may be for TV, it may be for film, um, maybe for something else entirely different. That's really what I want to, uh, what I, what I want to do. And then outside of the business, Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I have any real, real things or focus that I, I, uh, I, I see myself working towards, um, as far as life goes. Oh, you know, I, oh, you know what? I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. Two, they're one and the same actually, but it's either, it's either one or the other. Because I got my um, bachelor's degree in psychology and I pretty much had expected that I would become a psychologist at some point, but then after I graduated, um, I, I, I steered clear of that. 
now that I'm at the age that I am, I am very much interested in sort of uh, delving back into that. So whether it's to go get a certification, become a life coach or going back to school to either get my master's or my side D for psychology so that I can get my hands officially in that arena, I think is, is something that is always sort of tucked away in the back of my mind because it's something that I, on a personal level, that I kind of do with people anyway. Yes. And the do is sort of counsel them, listen, um, help them, hopefully, hopefully help them make wiser decisions, um, allowing people to vent. Like I have a gifting for stuff that centers around that. So that's probably, I would say, the one life goal that uh, outside of the business is, is something I'd like to channel my energy into. So you're going to start charging me is basically what you're saying. <laughs> I'm going to give you a discounted rate, though. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to pay welcome. you, too, because I need your services. Let's face it, my, my life, Sean laughs all the time because he says that kind of stuff only happens in your life, Cherry, not... <laughs> now, you know, that's one of my favorite go-to lines. What people don't know until you actually, like, have spent time with them is anytime Cherry tells you a story or anytime Darius tells you a story, <laughs> believe it. Oh. It sounds outlandish. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but when you spend time with them, you realize, no, this crap really actually happened. So, yeah, I tell Cherry all of the time when she's sharing stories to me, I'll be like, that only happens to you. That literally only happens to you. I've heard some good stories to it from her, too. <laughs> oh, no, she's always got a good story. Yeah. <laughs> all I have to do is walk outside. I swear to God, it's an adventure. <laughs> Sean, I've heard that Punky's coming back, and I don't, <laughs> I don't have a lot of, you know, news or input or anything, but okay. if they called for Granoli to come back, would you be open? I would be more than excited and open to that opportunity, because I think that it would be hysterical for us I to... Still be at odds with one another. Well, let's, no, no, I'm sorry. Me still to be chasing you and you still to be putting me off <laughs> uh, later in life as characters. I think that it would be absolutely hysterical. So no, I think that you need to put in a word when you go back to work. I know you don't have the official word just yet, but I'm just assuming it's a done deal. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that you're like, you know what? I want my boo to come on over here and at least get one guest spot in because I think that we can have a good time. I, I know that we could. I'm, I'm waiting for my official word, too. See, I could believe yeah. Cherry and Granoli could be together before I can believe Waldo and Maxine could be together. For real, you just going to go back to that, Courtney, huh? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, seven months, me and Courtney been adding it. I was like, you know what? This is my love of all love. That's my Wally Pop. Like, hey man, you know what? You're a talented though brother though, man. I just remember you dancing. Oh, I appreciate that. Performing on the show too. Mm -hmm. Did you like take up dance okay. or something? I didn't mean to cut you off, Chair, but I just wanted to get that out there. That's pretty funny that you would say that. <laughs> because when I was on the show, it was late teens into early twenties, and you think like I picked that up like way late in life. That's hilarious. Nah. <laughs> so um quick backstory. I will keep this quick because I could be long-winded. I got into the business when I was four years old My uh, to act because I told my mom, I looked at TV and was like, oh, I think I want to do that. And I just have that parent that was kind of like, okay, and tried to find some avenues to get me in it. And she got me involved. So once 
I got my foot in the door, if you will, in the industry. The, you, you start as a kid, you start taking classes. And one of the first secondary skills, I guess, that I tried to acquire, at least my mom tried to get me acquired, was dance. So I started tap dancing when I was four something or five, probably five, when I was five years old. So I started tap dancing at five. I think I started doing other forms of dance, like jazz, um, probably around the age of nine or 10. And I studied from you know, like five until I was about 13, until about junior high. And then I didn't necessarily have, have as much time, but because I had done it for such a long time, it's one of those gifts that you it never really leaves you uh so when the show came around when i was on the show they didn't really know that i no not really know they didn't know that i could dance but we were doing this ridiculous episode i know people like we did a couple of topical issues um covered a couple of topical issues on family matters but some of them we did not like so one in particular we did this one about gun violence and it was so ridiculous that all we could do was laugh Gosh. In between takes, sometimes during takes, like they got mad at us because we couldn't get through some of these things because we thought that they were so terrible. So I'm sorry to all of the fans out there that actually like that particular episode where uh, Laura tries to, well, she goes by the gun and stuff. But we yeah. on the show, we thought it was so corny. It was, <laughs> it was a, it was a hard week to get through. Entertaining for us because we laughed, but it was a hard week to get through. So anyway, on that particular episode, I was off to the side in between takes, doing something, and I started doing like a saucy dance. Um, and um, one of the producers, and I can't remember if it was Dave or if it was Gary. It was Dave or Gary. One of them came over to me. It might have been Gary because Gary was a dancer. And he was kind of like, Sean, do you know how to tap dance for real? And so I gave him that look like, are you serious right now? And I was like, yeah. And he gave me a, a sort of suspicious response kind of glance. And I was like, okay. So then I did um, a typical tap move that anybody who knows tap dancing knows. And he was kind of like, Oh, no. He's like, no, you really know how to dance. I was like, yeah, I just said that to you. So that's how they got the idea to do the episode that's called, I think it's Twinkle, Twinkle Toes Faldo. That's where yeah. that came from. Yeah. Now, that came, I think, like, I don't know, like maybe in season six or some crap like that. Now, prior to that, when the most iconic, I guess, dance scene that I ever did was the one where I went on the date with Laura. I always see people always tag me in that or send that to me for some odd reason. That just came about because they just wrote that into the script. Because, you know, when you do a sitcom, you want your characters, especially sitcom during that time, on a show that's about physical comedy, you want to put your characters in, in situations where they can be ridiculous and they can mine the physicality of the comedy. They had no clue that I could move like I did. They just wrote in there that Waldo like dances or something. And yeah. then I came up with Whatever I don't honestly, I have no clue what it what what the heck what the heck hell I did. I just know that I had a certain amount of time. I did a little something, a little impromptu thing. Then after that, I sort of memorized what I did because you got to be able to do the same thing time and again just in case uh, they have to you know break away from other cuts and stuff like that. And that's how that particular uh, thing came about. Where again, that's another iconic. Wait, think, wait, um, wait a minute, thing. wait a minute. You went on yeah. a date with Laura? Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. you did. Sure uh -huh. did. And <laughs> Yeah, you sure did. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh huh. And the bad thing about it is, I don't remember anything else about the about that freaking episode because, like, most of that stuff has uh been erased like from my memory. Yeah, oh yeah, please tell me. Yeah, basically, um, they felt bad for you. Um, okay. So they uh, and Steve was very upset about this too. So because he couldn't, he couldn't get a date with Laura for nothing. 
So, but uh, okay. because she felt bad for you, she decided to go out on a date with you to prove that you okay. weren't that bad of a person. And uh, oh, okay, yeah, okay. that's basically how it went. I Wait remember, a minute, I grew was up this on you guys. before me, after me, or during me? No, this right. was before. Right, right. Before. This was before. I think this was um because I, I went on Hulu the other day looking for the episode when we got hooked up for our date. I think our date episode was season four. The Laura date episode, I believe, was season three. And it was pretty much just half the episode, I think. And then it was over with. Like, you can tell tell us, Courtney, like, how did it end? I mean, because I know that we didn't get together. But did she finally just be like, boy, you're not my type? Like, I don't even know how I got. As far as I remember, right after the dance thing, that was pretty much it. (laughs) After that, she, she put up with a, I think she put up with a lot. But then after that dance thing, that was pretty much it, and uh, uh, Steve was doing a lot of cock blocking uh, throughout the whole episode. So, yeah. ah, okay, yeah. But See, now that's sad guys, that I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember that episode at all uh, outside of that dance routine on Man, the on the day. Funny that's the only as thing hell. I remember. Oh my god. Oh my god, that's hilarious! I didn't even know you dated my best friend, but whatever. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. be there. Years and years later. Mm-hmm. Dated Doughboy. Well, it's her fault because she accepted a pity date with me. So I think you need to have words with her. <laughs> but I think. I'm going I'm to do that. I'm definitely going to right. do that. <laughs> like. <laughs> this is Cherry's World. Hey, if you want to continue to support Cherry's World, Cherry's World podcast, shop Urban Intellectuals. Shop Urban Intellectuals under Cherry J75. It helps keep this podcast for the magic word free. So if you're a supporter of Cherry Johnson and the Cherry World Podcast, shop Urban Intellectuals. Shop UrbanIntellectuals.com slash AFF slash CherryJ75. That's UrbanIntellectuals.com slash AFF CherryJ75. Look, and I'm going to be honest with you. You you said y'all still recording. You can put this on your... I don't give a damn about this. But I had a big-ass bump on my, in my beard line right now, so I must have, I think I have like two or three ingrown hairs, so um, I'm going to have to oh. trim my beard off and go to a goatee so that I can get to the skin level and try to pull them damn hairs out and so irritated because, you know, I've been supporting my beard for so long that I hate having to go through that regrowth process. Yeah. Uh, okay. oh, can you just, can you just like pluck around it so you don't have to take the whole thing off? Well, here's the thing. My, my facial hair is very thick and it's also coarse. So I, when, when I first started, like when you have a beard cherry, so you'll start to feel, it'll be tender, like when you first get an ingrown hair, and you're thinking like, okay, hopefully it'll coil out or you'll be able to flick it out or when you're washing your face and all that stuff, like you're hoping like it'll correct itself. I'm pretty sure that that's what happened, like the area that I'm feeling. There was like one little situation. I was like, ah, you know, I it wasn't until two days ago that I happened to just be feeling around that area because I just bought this new beer care product line. And so I'm, I'm spending more time trying to care for the beer. So I'm like feeling in, trying to get from root to tip, root to tip. And I'm like, hey, what the hell is going on over here? So as I said, because my facial hair is so thick and because it's so coarse, Damn. even if I tr- if I trim down, I might be able to do what you said, which is to pluck around in that area and not trim it all the way off so I can go like five o'clock shadow but I don't know if that's going to be enough because 
as big as this bump is, some hair has been growing in there for a really long time. I know what's going on. And so I have to get under the skin, pull that hair out. Then the, the you know, the um, follicles going to come out, the pus is going to come out, and then it'll, it'll need time to heal. And so that's the other thing. More than likely, just because the hair is going to continue to grow and curl, yeah. it's probably better for that during the healing process for me to have less hair yeah. on my face during that process. So that makes, uh, yeah. that makes me sad I moved because I want to be like, come to my house and do it. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, that's the kind of stuff like we men, we don't, we don't let people see us do that or I would go to a shop and let them do it. Like, I really wish I could go to a shop right now. Be like, I hey, wish you could just lay down on the bed and let me do it. Only if you knew what you were doing. Like, if I knew that you were great at tweezing stuff, because again, yeah. I know with this particular hair, it's it's under the skin. Uh, you got to be able to find it. You know what I'm talking about, Courtney? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, when they get under the skin, like, you got to get the right area. And you might think that you got it, and then you pull it out, and you go, like, oh, that's not the one. And then you got to go back in there again. And, and, or it's you know, more than one. Sometimes it's more than yeah. one. Remember, I know how to do this because remember, I'm bald huh? down below. Yeah, oh, I okay. I'm like, what the? So Sean is one of the only people that know, like, I shape all my pubic hair off. And the reason why Sean knows this is because, like, last year, I looked down, and I have fucking gray hair growing. And I don't know yeah. how. I remember that. Really? <laughs> was like, I was talking about some gray hair. She was like, but no. But no. She was like, and it's not just one gray hair, Sean. No, no. It's a lot. And I don't know how long it's been there because I never keep pubic hair. Remember I told you that they have uh, dye for pubic hair. Courtney is, yes. You remember that? You remember that, chair? They have dye for pubic hair. Yes. Really? You didn't know, Courtney, look it up. I promise you. And it's not like one product line. They have, I mean, brand. They have a couple of uh, brands out there. Like, if you don't want to be gray down there, you want it to be a different color, you can go get that. Um, you can go get that genital uh, hair dye. Yes. You talked about your hair. My shit. Like everybody see my face. Okay. So everybody who's seen my face now, y'all see how gray I am. Yeah, I'm gray downstairs too. So one day I was like, I should dye this shit, and I was gonna go buy one of those brands, and I was gonna dye it just to test it out. But then I was like, ah, I can't show anybody the pictures. So what's gonna be the fun in that? So I didn't now see, this is the funny though. This is the funny because this is the shit that Maxine and Waldo would be doing 20 years later. <laughs> you know where I'm like, babe, I went to the bathroom and look, I don't know how long they've been there because I've been bald. And then you leave because Waldo's always very thoughtful. And he would go to the store and buy me genital hair dye. Uh, I guess I guess yeah. family matters must be coming to HBO if y'all talking about doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I don't know about that, but speaking of family matters, so as you guys may have heard in the trade, I think it was two weeks ago, there was uh, it was dropped that Warner Media, which I think I believe is going to be a new script subscription. I can't talk right now, so let me start that again. Warner Media, which I believe is going to be a subscription-based service is thinking about rebooting some shows from TGIF and Family Matters is one of those shows. And so I think today was the third time that someone out in public asked me about the reboot. So there's some people out there that are kind of eager to know whether or not that's happening or not happening. So it may not be HBO, Courtney, where they would talk about this. It may be on Warner Media, <laughs> where we be a little more risque. I mean, these people will be in their late 30s, if not right. early 40s on the show. Can they have lived some real life, Courtney? Can the characters grow? Can they be grown? Can they? 
I mean, I don't know that I will be invited back, but if I am, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna be invited back. That's what, like this dude. Like, okay, I was getting some Jamaican food, right? And so this dude walked in, and he all cocky, like, "Hey man, hey man, you gonna be on the show? You gonna be on the show?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" He was like, "Man, come on now, come on now. You know they doing that reboot. They doing that reboot. Come on, so you you gotta let me know. You gonna be on that show? You gonna be?" I was like, "Dude, I was like, first of all, it was just reported that they're exploring. I said a deal has not been signed. He was like, "All right, all right, okay, okay, okay. So if they sign a deal and they come to you, you gonna be on that show?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll I'll be on the show." They can't do it without you guys. They can't. Well, they can. Courtney, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I watch Fuller House on Netflix. They can't. I mean, they had to bring it back. Courtney, Courtney, Courtney. This is what I need you to do. I need you to understand that in the land of TV and in the land of Hollywood, they can do whatever the hell they want. You keep forgetting. We were on a show where a daughter who was a part of the first four seasons of the show disappeared into the attic, never to be heard of, never to be seen again. Believe you me, there are oddities about Family Matters that none of us, a part of the cast, can explain, and we have no participation in any of these things. So um, it's funny that you are talking about how, in your mind, you believe certain characters have to be a part of whatever this reboot may be. And Kelly had sent me a text message about that very thing, the whole um, Warner Media thing, uh, when it when it first came out. So my takeaway immediately was, <laughs> who's to say that they even gonna want my character to be on the show? So it's a wait and see kind of situation for, for me as far as one whether or not this these whispers grow into an actual deal, and then if they then turn into a deal, where are they picking up, and who is going to be the center and the focus? of that show because what I was also trying to say is this is a show that had a lot of characters. People don't realize how many characters yeah. were essential, I guess, to the success, well, the longevity of the show. And so for everyone, whether you're on a studio side or whether you're a fan of the show, I think everyone has a different perspective of who should and who isn't necessary for uh, a successful rebooting of the show so for you you believe that maxine and waldo of course have to be a part of it believe you me i promise you there's a studio executive who could be thinking we don't give a damn about those characters so well, depending on who's in charge there's no yeah. telling where they well, go with the direction of this reboot maxine didn't make the family reunion for the uh I don't even know what what it was. Oh, that was for ew hell i told you Sherry, when they when they called me i was like uh what you calling me for what you want me to be a reunion what i was confused i was sitting there on the phone like i don't understand why they're asking me to be a part of this reunion like no I didn't, everybody I didn't loves say waldo. to the end of the show no i know the fans loved waldo but the studio didn't i'm like oh, i'm really? confused why what, what? Well, you never know you know you just never know i, I don't see how they exactly no no you do because okay you're, why? you're the best why you're the though be you're the best friend. You're the brother's best friend. She's the the sister's best friend. Then you guys just so happen to be. We're just best. I'm just a best friend and a girlfriend. As long as they got Waldo and they got the. I mean, as long as they got Urkel and they got the Urkel. family on the show. Yes, exactly. There's a reason why our show was coined by black people in particular on the streets. The Urkel mm -hmm. show. Yeah, okay, you are Urkel. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it was Earth. never Family Matters. 
In the nineties, that show was never found out. It was it's the Urkel still, show. Were you want shit? Hey, you on the Urkel show, right? But no, no. Yeah. Let yeah. me just speak as a fan. Let me speak as a fan. Now, I was okay. nine years old when Family Matters first debuted, and okay, my so got to remember. I watched you. I'm be honest. I watched you guys until ninety seven. But by that time, by the time I turned sixteen, seventeen, I went home on Friday nights no more. But I remember okay. as, I, as I grew up, I distanced myself from the Urkel because that was for the kids. I was more into okay. like, okay, who Eddie messing with? Oh, damn. Walt, okay. how, my whole thing in life was and going to school. How the fuck did Waldo pull, goddammit, oh, uh, Maxine? That's what we've tried to figure out. And then on the flip side, how, okay, now then, then, then they bring the other kid, I mean, the other uh, 3J character. Like, those are the characters as we grow up. Now, the kids, as that's why the show was so dope, because there was other kids that was like nine years old that could still relate to that Urkel character. But as the ones mm-hmm. that grew up, we distanced ourselves from, you know, the Urkel character and started, I mean, that's how, like, Saved by the Bell, that was a... a or more, you know what I'm saying? There wasn't- Black people still don't know what show we did. Courtney, people be like, you was on Moesha. I was like, never got to do that show. They, <laughs> you, you was on Family Ties. Family nope. Ties. Family Ties is one I get often. You on Family, yep, I've gotten Family Ties. I've gotten Full House. Um, yeah. I'm always mistaken. Well, I won't say always, but there are times when I'm mistaken either for um, Alfonso or Carl Anthony Payne. So they'll say, oh, you were on uh, Fresh Prince. And I'd be like, no. You were on The Cosby Show. No. Yeah, I was on Martin. So I feel you all day. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were on Martin. Mm -hmm. I I remember that chick. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that chick that everyone calls girlfriend. No, for real, Courtney. Seriously. (laughs) All jokes aside, just just going back to to what we kind of are trying to to share with you, what the fans believe to be of Family Matters and what attracted them to the show outside, like just say the original draw for some people is Urkel, but then while you're there, you got acquainted with other characters and then you started to, um, those characters started to resonate with you more. So when you're dealing with people behind the scenes and those are the higher ups that have to make the decisions, I promise you, they do not think the same Mm-mm. as people who actually the viewers of the show. So that's why in jest, we're trying to say to you, like in all honesty, there could be a discussion that happens with Family Matters and they could realistically say, we don't necessarily want to explore the lives of these older characters from the original. We just want to stick with what we consider to be the core. And the core for them could be, I believe, Stefan and say Laura are now married. Where are they in their life? They are in their life, but we don't necessarily have to spend as much time with their best friend or the brother or the brother's best friend. Like, honestly, these are the types of discussions that could happen. And conceptually, you could have a slightly different show um, because let's just say they have kids and they, they might want to have the space to say we're, we're doing family matters sort of as a similar situation where we have a mother, father, and a couple of kids. And so then we know the family matters was really through the years gravitated more so about the lives of those kids. They could be trying to reboot it in that fashion. So you just never know. Well, and I so think it's always best to proceed with caution folks, when as black folks, we can't let that happen. Because I watched on Netflix, they bring back Fuller House and they brought back 
every last character that they could. They tried to bring back the twins, but they they refused. But they brought back mm-hmm. every single character on okay. the, from the '90s. Even when they brought back okay. Girl Meets, Boy Meets World, they flipped it to Girl Meets World. They brought back every single character, every single one. So I'm going to tell you for a second time, Courtney. When it comes to the Family Matters property, believe you me, strange things have happened. I can point you in the direction of some of those strange things. In fact, I'll point you into another direction. Okay, I said said you said to you about the Jamie situation. Cherry and I, in in, in essence, are very blessed and fortunate because you just know it was God ordained for us to be on the show. If you are a real fan of the show, Courtney, you will know that Eddie's original best friend that was contracted for one season was a white kid. Yeah, white dude. They yeah. didn't, that didn't work out. And then Laura's original best friend was this actress that we grew up in the business. Her name was Ebony, Ebony Smith. Yeah, I yeah. So the two of them did a season together, and then they were no longer. And so then I, my character just happened to be in the right place at the right time where they were able to say, okay, he's going to be the show. Let's see if that will work with Eddie. Cherry comes on the show. Let's see if that will work with Laura. So trust me, there, there have been a lot of casualties. If you think about, <laughs> or if you go back from the beginning of Family Matters to the end, of family matters, of people who, again, you think, oh, of course, that family matters. But these writer producers and people that have been in charge of the show, they have let it be known from jump. Characters are disposable Yes. in the life of this show. So I, I know that you think that we're being ridiculous and saying this to you, but believe <laughs> you me, I promise you, until someone calls me and says, yeah. hey, it's a done deal. The deal is signed and they want you to be involved. All I'm going to do is say, oh, that's interesting because there is no, I don't have an expectation. Well, let me, let me look. Let me what else can we right. say? We can't say nothing. Like, I would just say Sean got a better chance of coming back before Max do. Girls, girls might not stay friends. You know what I'm saying? 25 years from now. You don't know. We don't know. I just don't know who's making the decisions. That's all I'm trying to say. I don't know who's making the decisions, and that matters. If it's somebody who's in their, I would say, 30s, yes, more than likely they would want me to be on the show. Because what I have found is people who grew up watching the show who are a little bit younger, they definitely want, they, they're more interested in what the kids would be doing now. So that includes my character, Cherry character. If it's someone who may be a little bit older, they're looking at it from the perspective of what was the original core and let me build around that. So who who is in the room and who is actually making those decisions really matter um, to this particular situation in regards to what the framework will be for uh, the concept of the reboot. So I, I don't take it for granted that I will be a part of it. But let me answer a question that has not been posed to me by you. Would I be involved in the show if people say, if they came to me and said, hey, we want to have Waldo? Yes. The funny thing is prior to, uh, well, I won't say it's funny, but <laughs> I'll say that this is, this is a, a little known fact that only those of us on the show know. Um, prior to us doing the reunion thing at EW, we had always sort of amongst ourselves kind of talked about, hey, wouldn't it be fun if we ever got to do a reunion? Hey, wouldn't it be fun if we ever did a spinoff or a reboot and stuff like that? And there were a couple of actors, and I'm not going to name them, who were them, they were not interested. And I was always the one like, hey, I think that we still have stuff that we could do with these characters. 
Um, but by and large, people are kind of like, nah, I'm good. I don't know if I necessarily want to be that. I don't know if I want the public to know me as that character anymore. Mm-hmm. But now that we've gotten to this place where there is real interest, not only from the fan level, but from an executive level um, to potentially explore where these characters would be in life. Um, I was soured on the idea of what this would look like because of some stuff that I can't, we can't discuss. Um, but I would be, I'm keen to know where we would go with this because the one thing that I know to be true about us, and you know, that was um, confirmed by doing the reunion and just like, you know, this conversation like we're having, so you see Terry and I's um, chemistry and so we talk like this on the phone all of the time is that very thing, our personal relationship and our chemistry with one another, I think translates exceptionally well from off the screen on the screen and so that's what gets me excited is to work with people that i love and adore and respect because we really did have a good time it's one of the few jobs that i can say that i had in my career where it didn't feel like a job like after family matters my run on family matters came to an end when i would go to other productions Courtney, I would look around, I'd be like, damn, these motherfuckers like really working hard. <laughs> what are y'all doing? We, Family Matters was run like a machine. That's the one good thing that I loved about the Miller Boyette um, production. Like they had a system because they had all of these successful shows, Perfect Strangers, uh, Step by Step, Family Matters. Um, uh, I can't think there's something else that's escaping my mind at the moment. But again, they had these successful shows. So they even told us, listen, this is what we expect of you guys because we want to be able to be more efficient. So we would have light rehearsal days. Um, like I told you, like you do a five-day schedule um, when you do, uh, you do a sitcom, right? So day one is table read. And then after table read, you go do light blocking on the stage. And the reason why on our show was light blocking is because after the writer producers have listened to us do the table read, there's going to be for the most part, an extensive rewrite, because as I said, they're listening to find out what's working and what's not working. So our light rehearsal was kind of like, okay, we don't know where they're going to put their hands in this and sort of mix things up. So let's not get locked into something. So we would have a light very first day. So later on in the schedule, Courtney, because again, the whole Miller Boyette thing, they had told us at a certain point, listen, there's no reason for you guys to be on a five-day schedule. All of our shows, after they get to a certain season count, they move to a four-day schedule. So that's what we did. We moved to a four-day schedule. Okay, so we're packing five days into four days. Even when we did that, our table read and stage rehearsal day, it was the lightest. When you go on other shows or when I went on other shows, like that first day, they doing a table read. These fools going to set and like they rehearsed the scene over and over. Family Matters, we would do a light block that first day, which was like maybe two times running through it. No, three. One time for the director to say, stand here, move here, do this. The first time we would then execute it so he could see that we got it or she could see that we got it. Then we would do it a a second time after that just to prove again that we got it. And then they'd be like, move on to the next scene. You go to other productions, like they for real trying to work that scene, trying Mm -hmm. to make sure the blocking's right, trying to make sure the people got into character properly. Like on our show, we started doing stuff where we wouldn't even read the lines in character. We just read the lines like, okay, uh uh-huh. Like you know, my kid to say so stuff. So. Bad at rehearsing now, still because of that. Where they're like, I had to, honest to God, I, you know, I was gone last month and I did a movie, right? Not to totally change the subject, but the director was like, "Do you know your lines?" I was like, "Oh yeah, I know them." You want me to do them like, like now? 
So I ran through, he was like, oh yeah, you do know him. Cause I had this three page speech, but I was just kind of, you know, hitting my mark so the camera could find uh-huh. me. <laughs> right. And he was like, so, oh, I, I get it. You do know your lines. So yeah, back to the family matters training. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. And it, it makes you, I think, so I'm appreciative of that, but at the same time, it kind of makes you, I hate to say it, kind of lazy. Cause you're like, it yes. doesn't take this much people. Like we really can be efficient, but we don't have to give it our all every single time like we know when it's time to punch it up and deliver that home run but right now ain't it and but again on other productions it's not like that like they're constantly trying to get you to no let's do it one more time you know because i need you to do this like they've got to see it in those early rehearsal stages because they don't think that you have it unless you deliver in the rehearsal on the stage whereas with family matters again we could half-ass it but they would know we had we had two Three times where we had to be on. So the first time was the table read. The second time was our producer run through, which was day, well, when it was a five-day schedule, it was day three. When it was a four-day schedule, it was day two. And then we would have our studio um, run through, as I said, which was before our tape day. Those are the three times that you just had to be on so that they would know for sure that you got it. And then when the audience would come later on, I promise you, we didn't miss a beat because that energy from the crowd and the chemistry with all of us working together, like those red lights went on and magic would happen. So going back to my original point, yeah, I wasn't necessarily as enthusiastic, but as I think about that, and I'm so thankful that, you know, I was a part of the reunion, just to kind of remind me, make me look back at some of the wonderful things that came out of Family Matters. I look forward uh, to the possibility of working with all of my former co-stars, because I think that we can, um, we have great chemistry, we have great timing, with one another and there's so much more that I think that we could do as a unit. A natural detox can improve everybody's overall health. If you are suffering from obesity, high blood pressure, lupus, diabetes, fibromyalgia, diverticulitis, or if you need to improve your heart health, a natural detoxification can help you. Are you interested in some anti-aging or some Alzheimer's prevention? Hit us up at www.teamcherryj.com. This is just awesome for me as a fan, as somebody who grew up with you guys, man. I, like, I, I've been thanking Cherry ever since I met her. Oh, so sweet. Awesome, man. Thank so you. Sweet. And I thank Courtney, because Courtney, like, Courtney's like, nah, it's Cherry's world. I'm like, Courtney, we wouldn't have Cherry's world if there was no Courtney. <laughs> you would go with the show, man. Cherry's is mine. Don't even go like that. I could just call up conversation. Hey, it was, was yeah. cool. Uh, ad lib or was that like written no mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um <laughs> sean never ad-libbed anything for waldo waldo is the creation of those writers in the room and going back to the point that i actually tried to make about a damn hour ago but got sidetracked <laughs> waldo was a white character so let me right. tell cherry audience that she doesn't know some of y'all know because some of y'all watch the reunion video but this chick right here she don't care she don't give a damn Okay, so Waldo was originally scripted as a white character. Mm. The reason why that I know that is because if you remember, my introduction to the show was Willie and Waldo. So it was a bully character for uh, the Urkel character. Um, If you guys are aware, that character was portrayed by the actor named Loren Tate. Taking a step back, I got the audition for Willie. So when I went to the original audition, I, you know, went to the casting call. That's what I went in the room and I auditioned for. 
I believe I was probably like two or three people after Lorenz. So after I finished with my whatever, uh, my audition, that is, I left the room and I'm walking down the hall and they had said, you know, thank, thank you for coming in after I finished reading. And so there's a certain kind of tone that's used when a cast director or a producer says, thank you for coming in, where you kind of know there might be hope yeah. at the end of the tunnel. And then there's kind of like, you know, this is the end of the road for you. And I sensed that when they were like, thank you for coming in. I was like, okay, I didn't book this, right? So I walked out. And so I'm walking down the hallway. So the cast director at that time, his name was Paul Ventura. And so I hear him call out to me, Sean, Sean. So I stop, I turn around and he says, um, he says, hey, he's like, uh, can you read uh, something else for us? And so that was confirmation to me when he asked me to read something. I was like, yeah, I did, definitely didn't book this. So I was like, okay. So I go back in there and he was like, okay. So he hands me the side and it's for Waldo. So I when I had first walked in there, I'd seen that there were white kids there, there were black kids there. So black kids were getting the Willie side and the white kids were getting the Waldo side. So I look around the room of the actors that were still left and I'm like, you white kids. I'm like, why the hell are they asking me to read this crap, right? So I go in the hallway and I start working on the material and I'm reading through it. I'm like, I don't even understand this. I was like, this is dumb. I was like, how am I supposed to be some chunky, dumb white kid who's the sidekick of a bully? I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. So I gave it the best that I could, like five, six minutes in the hallway trying to figure something out. And then finally, I just tossed my hands up in the air and I was like, you know what? I ain't got time for this. I got to go. <laughs> I don't feel like being here anymore. I'm not about to book this. This is a waste of my damn time. So let me just go in this room, do this audition, and then be out. So I went into the room and I did my audition and pretty much nothing that I rehearsed in the hallway is what I did in the room because I was just trying to get the audition over with. And after I delivered the first line, they started laughing. And I'm thinking they're laughing kind of at me, but not the with me. Like it wasn't intentional. Like I was not like, okay, I'm I'm about to, you know, kill them with this line reading. No, I'm like, what's they laughing at? I was like, it's not funny. So anyway, I finished reading the sides, they're giggling. If I'm not mistaken, there were two scenes. So we do the second scene and I'm thinking, why are they still having me in here? I'm like ready to go. So I finished the second scene and I then say, you know, thank you guys for uh, calling me in and then I go home and I'm thinking, damn, 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 damn. I wish I would have booked that other part. This is, you know, disappointing. Long story, well, I can't say long story short now because I've taken too damn long to tell the story. But anyway, <laughs> get a call from my agent telling me that I booked, right? And so my mom's like, okay, you booked the part. And then I was like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was like, I booked what part though? And so then the agent was like, you booked Wildo. And I was like, what? Waldo? I was like, nah, uh uh-uh. I was like, that's that. So anyway, that's how the Waldo situation came to be for me. It was not scripted for a black kid. It was scripted wow. for uh, a, a white kid. I always say a chunky white kid because that's what I remember seeing in the room, but it could have just been any average white kid. So anyway, we get on the show, we do our thing, they like our characters, they bring us back. Um, they bring us back one time. So the first time was, the, as you know, the boxing one. The second time was the Urkel dance and the spiking of the punch uh, situation. And then I remained on the show and Lorenz did not. Mm. And uh, just to get back to your original question, the reason why I'm giving you all of that backstory is I, even from the audition to the end of, I'll say my time on the show, even though I understood what I needed to do for the Waldo character, I don't think that I was clued in to how to figure out a way to build comedy for that particular character. So Mm. honestly, all of that stuff came from the minds of the writers that were in that room. 
and they would put stuff in the script and I would do my table read and certain things would work and a couple of things didn't. I say a lot of things work, to be honest with you, and a, and a couple of things did, didn't. And uh, my three uh, memorable phrases just went over well. And I still don't know to this day why no prop, Bob, who and stuff just became a thing. But they were callbacks <laughs> in the script for me and people, like I, when I go somewhere, people will say stuff. To me, if they, you know, if they're trying to, you know, be like, oh, you know, I know who you are. And I'm thinking like, yeah, I don't find that funny. But no. So to answer your question, cool was not, it did not come from me. I didn't add it on as an ad lib just because it was in the script. I delivered the line. People thought it was funny. So they wrote it in a second time and a third time and more times and more times. And so that I kept popping up. That's awesome. Thank you for that, man. I love you, hearing stuff like that. You just schooled me too. I had no idea you were supposed to be white boy. <laughs> yeah, Waldo was a white kid in uh, on the page. He was a white boy until Sean walked in the door and said, "What you gonna do, Willie?" And that I told, I said that in the reunion video. I know that's why I got the part because the line was scripted as, "What are you going to do, Willie?" But I told you I was just trying to get home. So I was like, "Let me just get in the door, and get out of here." I was like, "What you gonna do, Willie?" They fell out laughing. I was like. That ain't that damn funny. I was like, I don't know why they laugh. I was thinking about why they laughing at me like this. Like I was offended. I was low key offended. Like, okay. Screw <laughs> them. They're not hiring me for that other part that I really want. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I say that. That's what I, that's what my belief is. But I can only confirm that from two people, and I never asked the question. But I'm pretty certain that what you're gonna do, Willie, my line reading of that is what booked Waldo for me. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yes, it is. I need to hear that, man. Damn. Hilarious. Thank you so much, Sean. I love you, and I know you're going to cuss me out because we didn't had you on this motherfucker forever. Yeah, I am going to cuss you out, but it's not really... It's more so about the, because I had to travel in order to get somewhere, and I have not had an opportunity to eat. So my friend was late for lunch, and so I literally had 15 minutes. I was like, yo, dumbass, coming up. Ooh. So I, I ate the salad, and then I got a, like two chunks of jerk chicken in my mouth, and I was like, I gotta go do this damn podcast. I'm sorry, but this is Cherry's world. You could have ate during the show. I didn't pee three times. Yeah, I've been holding. Well, mine. good for you. Good <laughs> for you. Sorry, but Corey. no, when I when I'm eating, I'm gonna sit down. I want to smack. Yeah. I want to be like, mmm. I, I want to do all kind. I can't. No, I can't do that. <laughs> like not in this particular situation. Now, if we were on camera, so that people could see while I was making those noises and they wouldn't think like I'm a pervert and I got some kind of fetish oh. for like your voice or something like that, <laughs> then that's different. I got like, you. Why this fool smacking? Like he's sucking <laughs> on toes or something? Like what the? <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. All right, well, I'm officially getting off of the phone so that I can go eat my jerk chicken. Y'all didn't cut into my time. Now there's too much I'm street sorry. traffic. So I can't go get my cake. I can't go get my cake, so I'm pissed about that. You know I'm how sorry. I eat my cake. I owe you cake. <laughs> <laughs> trouble into my soul but you know what this dad bod that is really needing to be melted away it's probably best that i don't go get that cake so i will say that but at the same time i, I really wanted it i mean i'm near my my favorite bakery and so when i'm near my bakery i gotta go get my good oh damn yeah you should i'm sorry <laughs> i heard dad buys no. six packs that's what they said on the news news article you know what? And I think that that's a beautiful thing. But um, <laughs> as for Sean, nah, I, I don't think that I was created to have a dad bod at 45. I said in my post recently, at 50, I think I can allow myself to have a dad bod and be okay with it. But mentally right now, 
I just can't see myself walking around with a dad bod and being like, you know what, you're hot. No, I can't do it. <laughs> he said, you know what, you're hot. That's funny as hell. Yeah, I feel you. I don't want a mom bod. I don't want to look like somebody's mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, you know, our 40s doesn't look like our parents' 40s. You that know, we still, true. I yeah. think, look a little more youthful. So I think that the, the physique kind of needs to match if match that. So that's what I'm trying to do. Yes, I agree. I understand. Yeah. So anyway, as I said, I'm jumping off the phone so that I can go eat. Run, Sean, go eat. Okay, I'm <laughs> out of here. So I will talk to you guys soon. Pleasure meeting you, bro. Love you. Thank you so much. All right. Love you too, and nice to meet you, Courtney. Talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Okay. Bye. Welcome to Cherry's World. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.